Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to have to flee your own country, spend days or weeks in a leaky boat on dangerous rolling seas, and then arrive in a new country where you are terrorised even more? Well, that's the life confronting millions of people in this world who have no choice but to seek asylum. All these people want is a fair go, but here in Australia, our government, in our name, treats these desperate people with cruelty and inhumanity. Here at 3CR, we aim to give these people a voice, a chance to speak out and let you know that they are just like us, people with hopes and aspirations, people who deserve to be treated as we would expect to be treated if we found ourselves in this position. Refugee Radio is the voice of refugees. It's hard to go on living when your future is denied. Good day and welcome to Refugee Radio. I'm your host, Celine Yap, and my co-host, Reza Yaramadi, is with me here today as well. Um, and he will be in- interviewing Rahula Husseini a bit later. Um, Rahula, I think... Uh, rode his bike to Canberra twice, um, and it's really interesting to hear why. Um, there's a lot of news this week, big, big news. Um, uh, we're just ha- going to have to start reading it and try and get through everything. Um, the High Court has rejected a challenge to the legality of Australia's offshore detention centres, a ruling that means nearly 270 asylum seekers who came to Australia for medical treatment could be returned to either Nauru or Manus Island. One of Australia's senior Anglican leaders said places of worship were entitled to offer sanctuary to those seeking refuge from brutal and oppressive forces. Among the asylum seekers now at risk of being sent back to Nauru or Manus Island are 37 babies. Advocates for the asylum seekers are running a public campaign to pressure the government to let them stay in Australia. And now several religious leaders have come forward to offer them sanctuary in their churches and cathedrals. Anglican Dean of Brisbane, the Reverend Dr. Peter Catt, said he was opening up St. John's Cathedral in Brisbane to the asylum seekers. Many of us are at the end of our tether as a result of what seems like the government's intention to send children to Nauru, Dr. Kat said. So we are reinventing or rediscovering or reintroducing the ancient concept of sanctuary as a last-ditch effort to offer some sense of hope to those who must be feeling incredibly hopeless. Sanctuary is a historical historical concept, and Dr. Kat said he would happily risk being prosecuted for offering it. Sanctuary was a concept that was certainly alive in the Middle Ages when people could go to a church and particularly to a cathedral and claim sanctuary and the church authorities could really grant them safety against the civic authorities, he said. It was a way of saying I'm entering into God's territory, away from the civic authorities that are oppressing me, and the oppressors generally accepted that the church could offer sanctuary to people. Dr. Katz said the concept of sanctuary had never been tested under Australian law. But my hunch is that if the authorities chose to enter the church and take people away, it would probably be a legal action, he said. So this is really a moral stand and it wouldn't be a good look, I don't think, for someone to enter a church and to drag people away. Immigration Minister Peter Dutton addressed the legality of sanctuary, telling 2GB Radio there were a lot of well-intentioned people, but even churches were not above the law. 
Thousands of people marched through Melbourne on Thursday evening, demanding asylum seekers be allowed to remain in Australia and the closure of offshore detention centres. Office workers, students, parents and grandparents converged on the steps of the State Library at the start of the evening commute in response to the High Court's ruling on Wednesday. Similar protests were also held in Sydney, Perth and Canberra. More than 60 Australian writers, including Nobel laureate Jim Coetzee and Booker Prize winners Thomas Keneally and Peter Carey, have written to the Prime Minister and Immigration Minister, condemning the government's offshore detention policies as brutal and shameful. The 267 asylum seekers whose removal to Nauru was cleared by a controversial ruling are welcome to stay in Victoria, the state's Premier Daniel Andrews has said. Andrews wrote to, the Mal to Malcolm Turnbull on Saturday, offering that the group, which includes 37 babies born in Australia to asylum seeker mothers, can call Victoria home. I write to inform you that Victoria will accept full responsibility for all of these children and their families, including the provision of housing, health, education and welfare services, he told the Prime Minister. Given we stand ready to provide a safe, secure and welcoming environment for these children and their families, there is no justification for their removal. The move piles further pressure on the federal government to intervene on behalf of the 267, comes after church leaders offered the people's sanctuary. The Australian Human Rights Commission argued that detention traumatised children, Letters and statements from UN agencies, doctors and authors championed their case along with a series of popular protests around the country. New South Wales Premier Mike Baird has supported his Victorian counterpart's call to take in asylum seeker children rather than return them to Nauru, saying da Daniel Andrews is a good man. Mr Baird said that New South Wales was also prepared to help but put the onus on Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull to make a request. I recognise the humanitarian impulse behind Mr Andrews' letter to the Prime Minister, Mr Baird said in a statement on Saturday night. New South Wales opposition leader Luke Foley congratulated Mr Andrews and said Mr Baird should make a similar offer. The Refugee Action Collective has called on the Premier to not allow Victorian police or public servants to be used to facilitate removals to Nauru if his request is rejected. They also asked Andrew's government to clarify whether the offer extends to those without children, to the couples, single men and women who are equally at risk. People who have come to Australia from Nauru and Manus Island include people who have kidney and heart disease, burns, bullet wounds and other physical injuries suffered in their home countries, back injuries, cancer or who have been the victims of assault, sexual assault and rape. They also include men from Manus Island who suffer from severe and ongoing injuries, such as brain damage caused by the attacks that killed Reza Barati in February 2014. They called on the Andrews government to extend the offer to all asylum seekers and refugees currently on Nauru and Manus Island. There was a great article published in The Age. Um, it was written by Beruz Bushani, who is a Kurdish journalist and human rights defender from Iran and a co-founder of the Kurdish magazine Waria. He has been detained on Manas Island for 31 months. Um, this article wrote about how the detainees um, on Manas Island reacted to the news of the High Court ruling, um, and I feel like I have to read it to you because it is 
is a very strong um, statement. Um, this is what he says. It is now Wednesday afternoon, normally the busiest hours living in Manus prison, but everywhere is abnormally quiet. Everyone locks themselves up in their rooms. The sandy ground of the prison is empty. During previous days, dozens of people played soccer in this uneven field, but now there is not a living soul. Nobody has a motivation to play. This type of deathly silence spread across Manus prison before, when the riot broke out in February two years ago and Reza Barati was killed. Now, after two years, in another February, a silence falls over everything. In the corridors, a few people are sitting in front of the rooms doing nothing. No one is playing the common games of the prison such as chess, backgammon and dominoes. Even the English class under the tent is closed. The number of officers have diminished. They had been an alert over the past few days, crowding the compounds and practicing their handcuffing and manhandling skills. They had installed metallic fences under the wall of the prison to prevent the possibility that someone may dig the ground and escape. With cameras fixed on their bellies, the officers searched most of the rooms. On Wednesday, however, they do not engage in any inflammatory behavior. They avoid any aggressive treatment of the refugees. We ask ourselves where all these officers have gone. Is it that the security contractor has understood that no one would participate in a violent protest? Some officers try to express their regret to the refugees, and some others seem content that the refugees will remain in their position for a longer period. It has always been similar. Some officers offer their sympathy to refugees, and some others seem to enjoy beating them. A verbal argument arises between a young refugee and one of the officers. The officer taunts him by saying that he would not celebrate tonight. It makes him crazy. But all the refugees have come to the conclusion that a protest or hunger strike would not have any good outcome for them, as a previous riot and a peaceful hunger strike had not brought any benefits, only beatings. By Wednesday evening, the prison has become busier. As usual, lines have formed for using the toilets and eating food. Many refugees are waiting to get marijuana and smoke it at night in their small gatherings. Many people here are addicted to marijuana. They think that using it helps them to endure prison. Some are addicted to psychedelic painkillers and sleeping pills. They go to the medical center three times a day, in the morning, at noon and in the evening, to receive their pills. In previous days, when they passed by each other, they started telling jokes and exchanging immigration news. Sometimes they sang all together the song of We heard that they want to give everyone to Guinea to entertain themselves, but this time they passed by one another without whispering even one word. Late at night, a message from Ben Lomai, the lawyer of the Manus case in the Papua New Guinea Supreme Court, spreads out all over the prison. The gist of this message is we are studying the outcome of the Australian High Court to use it in our case at Papua New Guinea Court. Once again, hope springs up, but this time the refugees are slightly fearful. They are now looking for justice in Port Moresby, as the sound of justice is not heard from Canberra. As before, they drift into sleep while harboring hope, fear, agony and nightmares. The Manus prison is dark, heavy and quiet, but the moon is visible behind the clouds. The beautiful moon is showing herself slowly coming out of the clouds. That was by Baruz Prashani, um, who is being detained on Manus Island, and he has been there for 31 months now. 
statement from uh, Beirut Bouchani was very touching. It reminds me of when I was in detention center back in 2009. I always was like this. I felt like it's it's end of the world. Uh, no one was talking to each other. All people were doing was just smoking, and it was a horrible time. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to start interviewing Rola Hosseini, uh, uh, Hazar Asylum Seeker from Afghanistan. Rola is 28 years old. Uh, Hazar Asylum Seeker, he came to Australia in 2012 and he wrote his book uh, Tours to Canberra with uh, petitions in on his hands. Uh, once uh, 350 signatures and the other time 400 signatures. Uh, he wrote his book to Canberra and and he met a few politicians there. Uh, hello, Rola, can you hear me? Yes, hi, Reza, how are you? Yeah, yeah, very good, thank you, how are you? No, uh, thank you, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Rola, thanks for your time. Uh, can no yeah, can you please tell us uh, a little bit about yourself? Uh, how did you come to Australia? Or, and uh, if you were in detention centre, how long you were in detention centre? Uh, and then when we finish this, uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, that you rode your bike to Canberra. So when did you come to Australia? Yeah, um, look, uh, was, uh, actually, I want to introduce myself. I'm Rahal Hosseini from Afghanistan, and I'm uh, 28 years. Um, yeah, I came to Australia 11 August 2012, and I was in detention center about uh, four months. And after that, when they released me, they sent me to Adelaide. And after a month, I came to Swan Hill, um, yeah, um, after a couple of months I found a job and I, uh, I have a full-time job. I'm working as a landscape gardener in Swan Hill. Um, yeah, the, yeah, beautiful. Um, the, actually, that's thanks. that's what our government doesn't want. These people putting their contribution to the society. You know, Rola got a full-time job. He's working and paying taxes. Uh, Ruhola, tell us about, uh, you rode your bike twice, uh, once, I think, if I'm not wrong, was in 2014. And the other time was last year, 2015, you rode, you rode to, uh, your bike over 2,000 cases to Canberra and came back. So do you want to tell us about that? Why did you do that and who did you meet? Yeah, as you know, look, uh, before when I started riding bike, I was in uh, on the train between uh, Southern Cross and Danginong. Yeah. And I met an old lady, uh, but I'm not sure where she came from. I was talking on the telephone with one of my friends, Afghani friend, as he was talking Persian. And when I was just finished and she asked me, where are you from? And I say, just I tried to joke with her and I said, guess me, what do you reckon? And she said, I'm, I'm not sure exactly. Well, you look so OG boy, but you talk in different languages. I said, look, mm-hmm. I'm talking, I can talk uh, four different languages. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, tell me where you're from. I said, I'm from Afghanistan. She said, well, stop talking, please. I said, just some thinking. I said, am I did something wrong with her? And after a couple of seconds, I said, I asked her again. I said, please, could you tell me um, why are you talking like this uh, with me? And she said, stop talking, please. The third oh, time that's when disgusting. I asked her, she she said, told you to stop talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, that? Uh, look, when I, for the third time when I asked her, she said, listen, as you know, all tourists from Afghanistan and all Al-Qaeda from Afghanistan that's and Taliban from Afghanistan. And yeah, and I, she said, look, I'm worried about our future in Australia. And, uh, and yeah, that's the reason when I don't want to talk to you. 
That's terrible. Said, Such a oh, nasty comment. God. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then I was just thinking with myself, I say, what can I do to, to let the people know who we are and why we came to Australia and what for? Mm-hmm. You know, actually, we escaped from tourist Al-Qaeda and Taliban tourist Al-Qaeda killed my grandparents. Oh, sorry to hear you that. Know, yeah. and, um, and that's when we came to Australia. That's when we came to we came to Australia to living as a human being, to of living course. in the peace. You know? course. Yeah, of course. And yeah, but anyway, when I came back, when I came back from that time, and I was just thinking, I say, I should, what should I do? And I, after a couple of days, I say, oh, I should start walking from Swan Hill to Melbourne. And I, when I was talking with one of my OG friends. He was a boss in Mali Family Care. Yeah. His name is Michael Adamson. Yeah. And he said, Rahala, it's, it's not good. When you're walking from here to Melbourne to do what? Mm-hmm. To see, to want to see with who? Talking with you. I said, um, I don't know. Just talking with a couple of radio and news here and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, look, try, try, to, uh, try to buy a bike and let's go from here to Canberra, Parliament House. I have a petition in our hand. Mm-hmm. And I say, oh, it's too it's a long good idea. way. Oh. Ne- it's a good idea, but I never ride a bike in my life. Wow, and then and you did two thousand things. God, yeah, it was, good it's, on it's, you. But anyway, after a month, I saved my money and I brought a bike, a thousand three hundred dollars, and um, we start training for three uh, for four weeks, and after that, we start my journey. That was 800 kilometers from Swanhead through to Canberra. Good and we had a petition on our hand and we had a couple of signatures and uh, we met with a couple of senators and MP. And yeah, that was pretty good. And yeah, the people, when I would meet people in, in, the, in our journeys. Yeah, I met you, I met you last good, year. Yeah. yeah, during your journey, I met you actually. That was, that was very mm. good. Uh, you said you met politicians. What did they say? What they were thinking about uh, about what you did? Well, when the first one I wrote, like there was 800 kilometers, and a couple of uh, politicians, people, and the uh, second time it was at the um, 13 August 2012, was last year, mm-hmm. I did 1,010 kilometers. Wow. That was my second time in my life. Wow. And again, we had a, I have a petition in my hand, and, and I write, I rode my bike just by myself. No one helped me uh, to to get to go together. But anyway, I did. When I arrived in Parliament House, I met with Senator Sir Hampton Brown, with uh, uh, Julie Owens. She is yeah. an MP from uh, Sydney, and couple other senator and MP from Swan Hill. As well, and yeah, that was great. That was pretty good, and I'm happy. Good on you. Are you going to do it again? Um, well, I tried to make a group of asylum uh, seekers to ride and a bike together. That's I a can. fantastic yeah. idea, Rahul. Yeah, I'm, I'm I might come with you if I have. I don't have a bike. <laughs> I might buy one and come with you. <laughs> Why not? Why yeah, not? That's a great. That's a great That'll idea. Be good. And you were yeah, actually make a group. People, uh, a group of people. I will do again. If I couldn't uh, maybe you, I'll do some something else. We will see. Okay, fantastic. Good on you. Uh, you did a no, very, very you. good job. 
and I'm glad Thanks. that you got a full time job. Uh, and uh, also, you know, you you putting your contribution to the society, which is fantastic. So you showing people and and you showing our government that uh, refugees are benefit for this nation. We can see. No, you are you are an example actually. Uh, thanks for Thank your you. time, Ruhollah. Uh, that was great to talk to you, and I wish you all the best. Uh, uh, before I finish up with you, Ruhollah, are you on? Uh, what kind of visa are you on? Look, uh, Reza, let's say I have a full-time job. I'm working as a landscape gardener, working really hard, working and pay pay tax. Unfortunately, living in a limbo, oh. and I have no Medicare. I have no visa. And that's what I mean. I'm living in limbo. You have no visa and you have no Medicare. That's that's, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, our government get your tax money, and they don't yes. they don't pay you back in any way. No I'm, Medicare, I'm no visa, but they're happy. They're happy for you to work and pay the tax. That that's yes, that's yes. funny. <laughs> I'm working like other Australian uh, people, working, pay tax, living in a limbo. And also, lots of a thousand thousand people. Uh, actually, they even they're not allowed to work as a volunteer, you know. No, no, that's, uh, that's thousand thousand. Look, they, a father came to Australia, thousand thousand uh, father, and they, uh, for example, if they have a QPV uh, visa or a chef visa, still they're not allowed to visit with their family. Look, the, the kids growing up, even though who's who is his father. That's, you know? that's but I'm not sad. sure oh, what is the meaning of human being. And I, look, an animal can do that with other animals. So I'm not sure what the politician being. You are absolutely right. For. But there are many good Australians who are fighting for you. And and hopefully you get your permanent protection visa. Uh, we will keep fighting for for our, our fellow human beings. Asylum seekers are just human, like us. They talk, they eat, they sleep. They're just normal people, and and we're gonna keep Absolutely. fighting. And there are so many good Australians. They are they are just fighting for you. Uh, Thank you. Roger. I think we're going to finish up here. Rola. Thanks very much for your time. And actually, that was great to talk to you. And you are a very good example. And uh, you are the one who can tell our government that asylum seekers and refugees are benefit for this nation. We need more, of, more of you guys here. We really need more more refugees like you. Thanks very much, Rola. I wish you all the best. Right. And I hope you get your permanent protection visa soon. Uh, have a lovely day. Thanks very much. And you too. Bye. Bye, Rola. Thanks, bye. Thanks for listening. 3CR Refugee Radio. Have a very, very good day.